Blog Talk Radio. Broadcasting worldwide on Internet Radio. Refreshing takes on legal strategies. Straightforward answers to difficult tax questions. Independent ideas on building wealth. It's the Refresher Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. Get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. Now, here's Mark and Matt. Welcome, everybody, to today's show. So excited to be here with you. This is awesome. Man, Matt and I are doing air guitar. We're doing air drums. Just pumped to be here with you today. This is Okay, now this, we're bringing it back, folks. This is the Open Forum Live. Live show right now. now little, Matt, you nervous? I mean, this is, this is serious. Don't mess around. Yeah, I love Oh, yeah, I love the live show. We get to be together answer questions, whether you email them in or you call in. Um, we're excited to answer those questions. This was a very popular show we used to do, and um, we're happy to be back live and uh, yeah. and having it with you. Because, you know, then we get to be with the show with you. It's an experience for us. Yeah, no, I totally. Now, for those that are listening right now, you've got several ways to get uh, online with us. Of course, if you get our newsletter, which uh, is through – uh, pressure so that many, many of you know that this is the Refresh Your Wealth podcast on iTunes. Make sure you sign up for our newsletter, and every week there'll be a link of how to listen in on your computer or your phone. This could be with live every week from now on. It'll be Wednesday at noon live. It'll be rebroadcast in different venues on AM and that sort of thing. That's cool. But it'll be live on Wednesdays at noon mountain. Get the newsletter to get the link to listen on your phone or on your computer. But right now, if you're listening right now, you can call in for this is our live open forum. We do it once a month where you can call in with your questions and you can dial 646-668-8326. That's 646-668-8326. And for those who get online and you want to ask a question, you press the number one. If you just want to listen when you're driving down the road, that's cool. Just keep listening. But press the number one if you have a question. You want to email in your questions. We've already got a number of email questions here. That's generally, I think everybody's a little nervous to come out on the show live, Matt. So email <laughs> tends, tends to be how we got our questions. So, yeah. but, you know, that's cool. We won't we won't bait you if you come out here live. We love a live caller. Live callers always get priority. And what happens in years past is people will email their question in and go, hey, Mark, you didn't read my email question. And it's because we got so many emails. If you want to get your question answered, you've got to come live. Give us some love. So, uh, but if you want to email us, you can email Mark, A-R-K, at KKOSLawyers.com or Matt, M-A-T, at KKOSLawyers.com. And uh, just put in the, the uh, subject line, show question. There you go. Matt, it was a mouthful of an interview, okay? Yeah. yeah now, okay. I keep in mind that the questions we usually like are tax and legal questions. I mean, you want to you want to call in with some political questions? We'll whiff on those, and that's cool. You know, it'll be entertaining. Um, I know, Mark, you had you had a great Super Tuesday, I'm sure. Uh, yeah, it was 
it was super. You know, <laughs> and I've got a little commentary. Yeah, I you know, I don't know what it is about the adjective super because 3 years ago, the only time you heard the word super was Super Tuesday. Now it's like, "Oh, I'm so super excited to go out tonight. Oh, I feel super today. I super this." You know, what, you know, just stick with awesome or agree or something. It's like we're in 2015 when it's like super adjective. I I I get of it. But yeah, Super Tuesday was super, man. You know? Yeah, okay. Well, so 902 one Super good thought there. Uh, <laughs> all right, but seriously, we do want your tax legal questions. Uh, you know, stuff that goes into estate planning, business, estate, uh, issues, all that stuff. We love addressing those topics, and uh, uh, please send those questions over or call in, as Mark said. Now, I, I've i got a tax tip, Mark. I'd oh, like to fire yeah, away my tax I, tip. Yeah, no, I've got to say, you know, basically, uh, uh, I'm the tax guy, but Matt said, Mark, I want to throw. understand and won't put you to sleep. A tax tip that could save you thousands. Ooh, all right. This tax tip is going to be so refreshing. This tax tip is, and I, I premise this in my newsletter article. You're going to get more details in my newsletter article. Are you having conversion remorse? Are you fully converted? We're talking about Ooh. Roth IRA conversions, all right? <laughs> I'm not, you know, this isn't religious, okay? But, uh, but I hope I got your attention there. Now, this is the cool thing. Roth accounts, I want to make two points about this. The first is Roth accounts, you can convert now traditional IRAs to Roth accounts. In previous years, you know, this is about four or five years ago, they changed the rules. You had to have low income. You couldn't do a Roth conversion if you were a high income earner. They since took away those rules. Anyone can convert to Roth now. So you can convert a traditional account to a Roth account. You can even convert your traditional 401k to Roth 401k. But the cool thing about Roth IRAs is when you convert from a traditional to a Roth IRA, let's say you did that in 2015, the IRS lets you do a do-over. If you're like in 2016, let's say right now, right now, let's say you did Roth conversion in 2015 and it's 2016 and you think, God, I wish I didn't do that the IRS will let you undo it. This is one of the few things they let you actually undo. So if you're not fully converted, if you're not fully bent on that Roth IRA conversion, you can undo it. And let me tell you two reasons, the most common two reasons of why you may want to undo your Roth IRA conversion. Reason number one, Mark, you didn't plan on paying the taxes. Because remember, when you convert, you got to pay taxes. And if you don't have the money to pay the taxes, you could maybe undo the conversion. That'll decrease the tax you would have had to owe. Like it? I un- undo it. I said, cool. All okay. right. That's my first option. So I okay. want to become a Roth atheist. I'm going to just drag it. I'm going to unvert. Yeah, that's right. All right. Now, uh, reason number two, you may want to undo the Roth conversion, and they call it recharacterize. That's the word. Is let's say your account went down in value. So let's say when you did the conversion, tax on 150 grand, or you would have to pay tax on 150 grand. But now, let's say your account's only worth 100,000. Let's say you own some crappy stock or whatever, some bad investment that went down in value. You can undo that 
and then later reconvert. You have to wait a year, but you could then later reconvert at a lower value. And that way you don't get stuck paying a conversion at a higher value than what the account may be worth now. I love it, Matt. Now, for those that are listening, uh, I think this Roth conversation is a little confusing. Let me just, for those that are like, whoa, man, this, this show's over my head. Hang tight. The Roth issue is, as you build your IRA, as you build your 401k, and you self-direct it and build your retirement, we love to talk about Roths. It's a way to get money into an account that grows tax-free and comes out tax-free. Wow. Unbelievable. So, uh a IRA or 401k, you get a tax deduction on the way in, but you got to pay tax on the way out. In the long run, a Roth will always win. So a lot of our clients want to convert to Roth around December 31st, but if they don't want to pay the tax on the way in, or just like Matt said, there's these little ways to get out, recharacterization, that's what we're talking about now. And so you have up until filing your tax return or April 15th, Matt, again, remind everybody. Yeah, now this is on the actually until October 15th, whether you extend or not. Even if you didn't extend until 2016, you get until October 15th, 2016 for the year 2015. That's a really cool option because that allows you to all the way until the end of the year to decide if you want to recharacterize that. So um, it's kind of like a... Uh, uh, a warranty plan, I guess, on your Roth conversion. If you don't like it, you can return that Roth conversion and undo it. So that's really cool. And again, that's whether you extend your return or not. All right. Well, Matt, I love it. Great comments. Now, I'm going to set the stage here for a legal tip, and then we're going to get into your questions. So again, for those listening live right now, you can call in at 646-668-8326, or you can email your question into Mark. KKOS Lawyers or Matt at KKOS Lawyers. And uh, you can do that uh, uh, right now, live. We will field your question. We've got several questions we're going to hit uh, right after the break here. Uh, but, before we, but before we get uh, into the break, uh, let me just say comment because when we come back, I'll, I'll, I'll give legal tip. But I just want to uh, comment that uh, this is uh, – I, I want to say thanks to everybody listening in today and putting up with this live show. It's a, it's a little more nerve-wracking, so we're we're glad you're here, and uh, this is good stuff. So be thinking, I like Matt, your Roth tip, and uh, everybody should be thinking about kind of how to play into that on a uh, regular basis. I just had a phone call today with a client asking, should I be doing a, a, a Roth or an IRA or a 401k? And a lot of it depends on how much they could weigh. And uh, it's possible. It could be really challenging. So, folks, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to be right back here for more of Refresh Your Wealth. little uh, technical difficulty there. Uh, just uh, welcome back to Refresh Your Wealth. And uh, 
we're trying to work on the, the some of these live things. Uh, a little hairy carry. So uh, let me just confirm, Matt. Do we have you back on audio? Give me some love, Matt. Say something. I think I'm here. You got me. Oh, you sound so much better. You're sound crisp. I love it. Bringing Matt in through a phone line rather than his uh, mic right now because uh, just having problems with the studio. Okay, now, uh, folks, without any further ado, we're going to get into the legal tip. Kind of a financial tip, but I'm going to throw down a legal tip. A legal tip that you can actually use. A legal tip where you don't feel like you have to take a shower after. All right. Well, I get the honor of giving the legal tip today. And here's it's kind of a financial tip. I want to give this is kind of a it's it's a still legal tip. I had a great conversation with clients yesterday. And they were buying properties all over the country. Buying properties in uh gosh, four different states. And I'm a little you know, that's cool. They were good properties and I told them the first issue is always buy a quality property. I mean first and foremost, of course. But I did say, you know what, it's going to be a little more inefficient to protect the four properties because now we have to form an LLC in one state and then register it in the other three. And then they lived in a state that wasn't even the four. So are they going to register this, the entity in their own state as well for banking purposes? Ugh, it got a little nutty. So here's my tip for all of you. And I think this is a good financial and legal efficiency tip. When you go shopping for rentals, and we just had last week's show on where to buy rentals this year. And we've got a show coming up where we're going to talk about how to analyze a good area for rentals. It's going to be coming up, coming up in a couple of weeks. But, what, but here's the deal. Try to focus on maybe one or two areas. Don't take a shotgun approach and buy properties in four or five states. Stick to one state, maybe seven state or one city in a sex city. Maybe you have two LLCs. One LLC in one area, another LLC for another area. They don't want the cost associated with registering in multiple states. And here's the beauty, folks. You get to know your property manager. You get to know the area. You get to know the system in the area. And when you do this, you'd be much more efficient visiting multiple properties at once. So think about that. Love the uh, uh, rental property strategy. Just be efficient about it. League is going to help you have, find more financial success as well. There you go, Matt. Life. So, I mean, you, have, right. you didn't even know I was going to throw down that tip, did you? I mean, you know, the Mark Kohler, he's a triple threat, you know. I mean, tax, legal, financial. Uh, <laughs> you know, he can he can cover the floor on all those issues. <laughs> I like it. Well, thank you so much, Matt. All right. Now, uh, every week we usually, this is, again, part of our new live broadcast, uh, for those that want to participate on Wednesday at noon Mountain, if you're just listening, from this point forward, if you're catching this on iTunes, just mark it on your calendar. Wednesdays at noon, you're grabbing a sandwich. That's Mountain Time, so Pacific, 11 a.m., you know, grab a little early lunch, get a sandwich, tune in on your computer or on your phone. Uh, with this live open forum, we're going to uh, talk about our question of the week and answer it, but we're gonna, not going to ask a new question. So, uh, Matt, last week's question was all you. So uh, do we have a winner for last week's question that gets a copy of our book? Why don't you throw it out? Tell us what we did. All right. Now, the question from last week, um, <laughs> the question from last week was about liability. And the question was, are you liable? I did not actually get an answer from the question of last week. And Ooh. so I want to remind everyone, 
you've got to email in with your answers from the question of the week. So what I'd actually like to do is I'm going to punt the question until the following week. Ooh. All right. So because someone needs to win this. All right. So if you listen to last week's show, we have the question of the week. We're going to follow up on it next week, and I'll give you the answer to uh, the question if no one if you know no one follows through. But um, every week, you know, sometimes we get a lot of response. Maybe I had a dumb question, but uh, the question was, "Are you liable?" So on last week's show, and we will address it in next week's uh, broadcast. Yeah. Do you want to pose the question again, or not? Or you want to just you know, force everybody to listen to last week's show? No. I'm gonna I'm gonna make you go back to last week's show. You know. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. Well, I like it. I want well, because I'm giving away a free book. I'm giving away a free book. Yeah. Yes, that's a fair question. You got to do that. All right. Now, I want to uh, uh, bring up uh, a couple of our questions. We're going to dive into it. So now, folks, we're in our email questions, and I've got a bunch of emails here with questions, and so we're going to uh, jump into these and uh, just see where we go with it. Man, we got some tough ones here too. Whew, okay. Well, I'm going to grab this one here, Matt. Be ready. You got you got question number yep. two. So I'm going to grab this first one. I'm on it. Okay. All right. This is from Vivian. She says, Mark, my question is about 1031 exchanges, exchanging property A for property B. Can money be pulled out of transaction tax-free to do repairs on a property C? From what I read, one source described as such, but in the details, it's like more like an equity loan. Oof. Okay. Tough question. Let me first, folks, what a 1031 is, you sell one property and buy another one of equal or greater value. You don't pay any tax. You defer the tax. The basis rolls into the new property plus any extra uh, purchase price or repairs you put into property B. So Vivian says, I'm going to sell property A in exchange of property B. Then says, can I pull money out? Well, if you pull money out, that is called boot and you will pay tax on you can't pull money out and use it on a property C or D or E. You can't take money out, go on a trip on the world, and use it on another property. Now, if you want to use some of that money from property A to property B to improve the property you're buying, so you want to do some repairs property B, instruction 1031. So you'll sell A, buy B, and there'll be a little bit of money held in reserve to improve B uh, with the proceeds from the sale of A. And that's cool. And it have to have be done with that construction within six months or those repairs. And the money has to be used property B. If you take any money out, it's called boot and you pay any taxes. So uh, now this equity loan theory is maybe after the B property is done, you refinance and pull some equity out. You want to put some time between the 1031 doing that because the IRS will say, whoa, that's boot. You, all you did was strip out the equity on a loan on day two or day, you know, week later. So I'd give it a little bit of time before you just strip out equity with a loan on property yeah. B. Matt, thoughts? Yeah, yeah, that's the, that boot issue. I mean, that's, you know, sometimes your 1031 gets the boot, so to speak, and that's not a good thing. And uh, what the IRS usually does on that is they have an ordering rule. So if you pull money out of property B, the IRS looks at that first as your gain. So they want to tax the first money you pull out as your gain, and that's the boot Mark's referring to. So um, a lot of people, I think, just want to uh, pull out without paying tax, but you will have tax on that. It's called boot. Now we're going to be back here after the break on the Refresh Your Wealth Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen answering your questions. 
All right, welcome back, everyone, to the Refresher Well Show with Mark Kohler and Matt Sorensen. This is Open Forum. Call in if you'd like. We at 646-668-8326 with any questions. Live callers get priority. We'd love to hear from you and bring you on the show. We've also got lots of email questions we're going to be tackling, and you can always email those in to Matt, M-A-T, or Mark, M-A-R-K, at KQSLawyers.com. All right, Mark, I want to jump to a question. Oh, no, Matt, I got, I got to interject here. I got to interject. Vivian yeah. did have a follow-up question, which, and I, I want to say okay. this was not, you know, yeah, this was, this was not kind part of a, uh, okay. uh, part, well, it was kind of a promo question. She goes, does KKOS handle 1031 exchanges? Uh, and how do we exchange property B? And uh, it gets a little more technical. So first, Vivian, what we do is absolutely help consult you through the 1031 exchange and line you up with a commenter. It's like an escrow company to handle the 1031. But we would love to consult you through it. And Vivian goes on a little bit more, more in her email and kind of some specifics related to her situation, which gets much for a call show. So Vivian, please line up a 20-minute call with any of our attorneys. We'd love to help you through that 1031. And uh, great question. Thanks, Vivian. Okay, Matt, now you've you got green light. Your question, what do you got? All right, so this is Tanner from Casa Grande who wrote in about using his self-directed IRA to buy real estate and getting a loan or a mortgage when buying the real estate. Um, I'm summarizing. It's kind of a long example he gives, but I'm basically I'm just going to summarize it to say uh, the question is, should I do this? Um, he knows he can. The question is, should I do this? And I want to uh, address this issue of using a mortgage when buying property with your self-directed retirement account. Okay. I All like right. it. Boy, now this kind of up rally too, so I like it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is, you know, this is what my peeps like to hear. You know, they this is what they ask me. So, um <laughs> So the first part of this I want to comment is yes, you can do this. And when we're talking about self-directed retirement plans, just keep in mind that's a retirement plan that can invest in anything allowed by law. The most common investment people will use is real estate. So what Tanner's looking to do here is buy real estate with his self-directed IRA, and then he's going to get a loan also. So the retirement account is basically putting a good investment for down payment, and then he's getting a loan to fund the balance. But he asked the question of, should I do this? He already knows he can do this. The question is, should I do this? And whenever someone's doing this, I want them to know two things. First, you have to know if you're ever going to leverage your IRA with a loan like this, like a mortgage, first, the loan must be non-recourse. There's an IRA rule that says you can't guarantee loans or provide credit to your IRA's investment personally. So what that means is the IRA has to get a loan just against the asset itself. So if there's a default on the loan, the bank just takes the property. They can't go after the IRA or the IRA owner. That's a non-recourse loan. So that's rule number one. Tanner will have to make sure whatever mortgage he does get, it must be a non-recourse loan. The second part to this is there's a tax called the UDFI tax that can apply. Whenever you leverage an IRA with a mortgage, there's a tax called UDFI tax that applies to the debt part of the deal. So um, and that's some, I can get a little more in detail on that, and that's, this really gets into should you do it or not. I'm going to give a quick response to it, though, Tanner, and we can follow up by email. But the quick response is UDFI taxes, it says, whatever debt money you bring in, that's not retirement plan money. So we're going to tax the profits from the debt. But when you think about it, that wasn't retirement plan money you had anyways. The profits from your retirement plan dollars still come back without tax. So when I've analyzed it, generally 
it's not a bad thing. It does require some reporting, but you're still better off by leveraging if you have a good property. All right, man. Difficult question, but borrowing inside your IRA is an awesome strategy, and uh, there's tricks to it, but it can really help you get much better return inside your IRA. So uh, I liked it that we talked about Roths early on. Now we got people borrowing money with their IRA. Love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. All right, we got another email question. Uh, this is from Andy. Uh, he says, hey, guys, my wife and I have a joint bank account in the U.S. I'm a U.S. citizen, and my wife is Singaporean non-green card holder, non-U.S. resident. We both live and work in Dubai. (laughs) Listeners in Dubai, you know? A little shout out. I know. World famous radio show. Yeah, gosh. It makes me feel so cool. Man, makes my day. Andy, thank you. Okay, he says, my wife has an online brokerage account in the States. Dividend interest are taxed at 30% for her, her, but capital appreciation, she pays no tax. Cool. We won't get into that. But, she, but he says, when she transferred money from her online brokerage account back into our joint bank account, am I on the hook for any tax or anything? Or should, uh, I should be aware of it in regards to the investment and tax. Now, this is a really good question. It affects all of you. I don't care if you live in Dubai or not. This is a great question <laughs> that Andy's posing. Because here's the issue. There's two of them. The first one is, let's just talk about brokerage accounts. You're not taxed when you pull the money out of the brokerage account or when you transfer the money out of the brokerage account, you're taxed when you sell something in the brokerage account or you have interest paid the brokerage account. And that's where you get this 1099 at the end of the year from your brokerage account. It could be a 1099 int. It could be a 1099 div. And that's what you actually tax on. In fact, Andy, you could leave money in the brokerage account and not even take a transfer and move it back to Dubai but you're still going to pay tax on what you earned in the account based on 1099 int or div you receive. And that's for everybody out there listening. Now, transferring out is separate from what tax you may have accrued on the income inside the account. Uh, now, for the second issue is for foreigners. And this is for many of you watch, listening to the show. Uh, you don't want to watch this. We have a face for radio. Uh, but for those listening to the show <laughs> around the country, around the world, if you make money, you're taxed on your worldwide income. So whether I make it in another country, I'm still going to pay tax here in the U.S. And Andy, what he's facing is even though they don't live in the U.S., they're making money here. So they're going to pay some taxes here in the U.S., get a full tax credit in another country per se. I don't know the rules of taxation in Dubai, but I know in the U.S. he's going to get a 1099. need to file a 1040 NR, pay a little bit of U.S. tax. Boom, bang, you're out of here. So anyway, Andy, inside, don't worry about the transfer out of the account. Worry about what money you earned in the account. So there you go. Great email questions, folks. Thanks for listening around the world. Matt. You're up. What do you got? I know you're getting some emails there, too. Okay, yeah. Now, I got a, a question that came in from Gloria about the homestead exemption. Now, Gloria had a question about using the homestead exemption. Gloria lives in Minnesota um, for part of the year and then resides in Arizona for the other half of the year. And sometimes mm-hmm. it says it, you know, it alternates how, whether we stay more than a year in one state versus the other. Gloria's question is about using the homestead exemption and whether she would qualify for it in both states or only one. Now, let me kind of explain what the homestead exemption is here briefly, and then I'll answer that question. 
the homestead exemption is the law that every state has that says we're going to protect your home from creditors. So if you default on a credit card, you get in a car accident, you have some judgment against you personally, a creditor cannot foreclose and take your house. There's a certain amount of equity that is generally protected. Now, I'm a little more familiar with Arizona, so I'm going to answer this with respect to Arizona. So for Gloria, for Arizona, in order to qualify for the homestead exemption in Arizona, which is $150,000 of equity for an individual or a couple, $150,000 of equity you get protected. So if your home is worth a million and you have no debt on it, you know they could potentially sell and get $850,000, but you're protected for $150,000. You only get that, though, if it is your primary residence, and you may only have one. So if you're claiming one in Minnesota and in Arizona, you're not going to technically get either one. So you only can get one in Arizona, um, and it's determined if you live here six, six months in a day and if you actually only claim one exemption. But good question. You can't double up on it. Um, the states generally make it be. Oh, I love it. Now, Matt, you know what? That's funny you bring this up because I've got a question from one of our RV clients. Uh, I love this topic of domicile and where your personal residence. Let me set the stage for this next question. So I put it in context, and then we're going to take a quick break. Is the uh, uh, strategy many folks are using now in retirement is I'm going to sell my home, and I'm going to buy one of these freaking amazing RVs. Watch the RV shows. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe $100,000, $200,000 RV, or a $50,000 RV. But they'll buy one of these awesome RVs and then hit the open road and then claim domicile in a different state where they used to live, maybe a state that does not have state tax or uh, and uh, sales tax or whatever, you know, what's working best for you. So uh, what we're going to do is come back right after the break and continue to field questions. Uh, please email uh, Matt at uh, KKOS Lawyers or Mark at KKOS Lawyers, and we will uh, field, continue to field your questions. And I know our live callers are a little shy today, which is difficult in the history here. So uh, keep listening. We're going to be right back after we play the case and sponsor with our AM affiliates. And I'll be back with you again. Thanks so much. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Refresh Your Wealth Show, and we are back at you with our open forum. Mark and I are firing back on your questions coming in by email. Um, keep in mind, you can email those to Matt, M-A-T, or Mark, M-A-R-K, at kqslawyers.com. You can also call in at 646-668-8326. I know some of you are shy to call in. That's okay. I got We got plenty of email questions here. Now, Mark, did you want to finish your RV one? Because I got an, I got another question already in the queue here. You bet. No, yeah. Let me let th- the question. This is from Walter, and uh, he asked about sales tax with his RV. So, you know, like I said, I wanted to set the stage, and he said, "Mark, should I move to Oregon to b- purchase my RV when I'm trying to claim domicile in South Dakota? What is the better strategy for domicile with my RV?" Now. 
folks, this is a big deal because if you're going to go buy a hundred thousand dollar RV and sales tax could be pushing ten percent, uh, in some states it could be you know anywhere five ten percent. That could be a ten thousand dollar bill. But here's the problem: if he goes to Oregon to buy the RV and says, "I'm an Oregon resident," then Oregon's going to want a tax return at the end of the process. <laughs> so he's like, "Ugh, I don't want to pay Oregon tax." on my social security, on my retirement income. And so I want to be in South Dakota for my, to pay no tax. And, and so this is a constant cake and, ha- you know, keep my cake and eat it too sort of problem. And so what we've generally decided at time and time again, when clients have this question is in the long run, you're going to always be better off saving on state tax and avoiding state tax on your social security, your retirement and any income you're earning. Don't worry about trying to play games with the, the sales tax because now you've got to maintain an address in another state. You've got to claim your Oregon resident to get around that sales tax. And then if you have to re-register the RV in another state, you're going to pay those same taxes when you move the RV over and get a new registration or license plate. So I'm just not a big fan of trying to play games with the sales tax on an RV acquisition. Let's worry about the long-term goal of being in a non-tax state. So I have many RV clients that are doing Texas, Florida, South Dakota, Washington state, and that's where they claim domicile and residence. Whole other topic of how you do that, but that's the strategy. So good stuff, love it. Okay, Matt, what do you got? All right, okay, now this came in from Gavin from Fallbrook, California. And Gavin says, um, I, I have a company that I'd registered in California I've been receiving notices from the California Franchise Tax Board on annual fees of $800 per year. They are past due and delinquent. I'm also being charged late fees. I've not used this business uh, for a few years now. And basically the question gets into this discussion, but it's basically, are they going to come after me personally? Can I just let Mm. this company die and let the franchise tax bills die with it? Or should I be paying this personally? Now, I wanted to get your take on this, Mark. Uh, you know, my understanding from what I've seen from the Franchise Tax Board is um, they're not going after uh, individuals personally for the franchise tax fee. Now, for those of you that may have a rental property that that LLC owns or that LLC, that business, that company is doing business, you're going to have to pony up, right? Because, you know, they can come after the assets of that company or they could otherwise cause you problems, certainly with that entity. And not having it in good standing, you know, can really affect your ability to do business. So we have not seen the franchise tax board come after the owners personally because is it a, it is a debt owned by the company. Um, and I've seen lots of clients over the years just let those let those roll and die away. Matt, I love it. I'm not going to add anything to it. You nailed it. That was a home run right there. Little spring baseball, Arizona. Uh, you know. Oh yeah, there's lots of home runs going it going in Arizona right now. Lots of home runs. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. All right, I'll quick. I want to get a, one more question before we recognize our five star review. Uh, this is from Chris. He says, "I am moving to open a business in another state. Can I write off some of the cost of the move? Ha! Huh. Some of it? Freaking Chris, you're going to write off all of it. I want to write off mileage. I want to write off the U-Haul, the movers, tons of stuff." fair to get there to check it out whatever it costs anything that's related to that move is a moving cost on the front page of your tax return has to be for a new job or a new business like you said and greater than 50 miles so i presume it's more than 50 miles away so let's track those so great question chris the moving cost 
And by the way, moving is so miserable, you deserve the write-off. I'm just going to throw that out. All right. Now, second question, he says, can I transfer ownership of my truck to my business? Does that need to be done in order for my truck payments to become a business expense? The answer is no. Uh, many of you, have, if you've not already read the chapter in my book on auto expenses, you'll see this. But this is an important one. You do not have to have the actual vehicle owned by the business in order to deduct mileage or depreciate it. It just matters what you use it for personal or business. So just make sure you talk to your accountant or our accounting team if you work with us to make sure to maximize the write-offs for your auto. But we've got a minute here, a minute and a half. What we got for a five-star review? Oh, we've lost Matt here. So uh, here, I'm going to let's try. To I'm right go here. Ahead. You got me. This okay, came in go. from CJ. And CJ wrote in five-star review, great topics, love to listen to Mark and Matt. I'm a believer. And uh, I, I don't know if that's what we're calling fans of the show, believers, you know, <laughs> something else. But we'll take it because, you know, it's an honor to be compared to the Beeps. <laughs> there you go. Now, folks, here, uh, just a couple thoughts again. I know many, many of you, we have so many thousands of really downloads on iTunes uh, so many of you are catching this after the fact going, whoa, I didn't know these guys are doing live. Must be recording it. No. Let me repeat again. The show is live on Wednesdays at noon mountain. You can get the link off the newsletter. You can also call in every week. Just write this down right now. Put it in your little uh, calendar for Wednesdays at noon mountain, 646-668-8326. And you can call in and listen to the show live and ask questions on a regular basis from this point forward. Folks, we love it. And uh, Matt, any final uh, advice on the political, uh, you know, voting going on? Any final words? I don't know. You know, I was just happy to see the burn, you know, take hold in, in Michigan. And uh, the Donald, as he is known, <laughs> surviving too, you know. If anything, it's going to be good for comedy and late night. I mean, our country, who knows? Comedy and late night, they're going to be good. Yeah, I mean, if, if all we're doing in our political system is building uh, material for Saturday Night Live, so it's bad. <laughs> I just helped another client move to Puerto Rico this last week. Big cat baby. That's all I'm saying. And you get a little bit Anyway, folks, thank you for listening. We're going to see you next on Refresh Your Wealth. Thanks for listening to another hour of refreshing strategies to better live your American dream. Don't forget to get your free copy of Mark and Matt's ebooks and sign up for their weekly free newsletter with important tax deadlines and articles at refreshyourwealth.com. <laughs>